To have passion in life is everything. What's your Everest? Oh, is it yeah. that 200 inch box? They just look so impressive when they're wide. Especially running away. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Eastman's Elevated. It's like a think tank for outdoor activity. Sounds exactly like my hunting. Just always thinking about it, always trying to evolve it and make it better. Here's your host, Brian Barney. Hey, what's happening, guys? Got a brand new Eastman's Elevated for you. So this week on the podcast, I have back on my friend Clint Casper. So Clint Casper lives in the Midwest, uh, hunts out west every year, makes multiple trips, loves to hunt out west, loves the adventure of bow hunting. And so just a great guest to have on. So I had him on, oh, it's been a couple weeks now. And uh, so we were just getting ready for our hunts and our adventures and things of that nature. I may have already had an early season hunt. And so we catch up and talk about the preparation for hunting season and just the mindset needed to find consistent success. Uh, so it made for a great conversation. I really enjoyed it. I think you guys will enjoy it too. Also, make sure to check out Clint's other ventures. So he runs the the CNC Hunt Files. It's a podcast. He's been doing it for about a year now or so. And I was a guest on there. We had a great conversation all in-depth about muley hunting. You can check that out and uh, everything else Clint does. So uh, we'll get right into it. I just want to thank a couple of my sponsors. I want to thank Savage Arms. Savage builds the best out-of-the-box accuracy factory rifles uh, in the game. Uh, I'm so impressed by this. So uh, I have a rifle that I've been messing around with, sighted in just so quick, so accurate. The group size is just amazing. Uh, so yeah, you can check them out. They've got a bunch of different models of rifles. So the 110 Ultralight is amazing. It's got the Accu stock where you can adjust length of pole, you can adjust the comb height. Uh, it also has an Accu trigger that you can adjust yourself. It's their top of the line rifle. Uh, they're, they make for a great hunting rifle, but they also have other models. So that comes in at around 1600 and then but you can get some of their base models with great accuracy for around seven eight hundred bucks in all different calibers uh, just building amazing rifles amazing accuracy uh, can't say enough good things about them so if you're in the market for a new rifle make sure to go check out savage I also want to thank Stone Glacier. Uh, I really like all those guys over at Stone Glacier, and I love all their gear that's built for minimalist backpack extreme terrain hunting. And so, um, man, I couldn't be more impressed. I'm using their sleep system, so I'm using their Sky Air this year. Sky Air is a modular system. I have the bug net on it. I have the vestibule, and then it's a single wall design. It's a bivy tent. It comes in, depending on what attachments you get to it, about a pound and a half, sets up with your trekking pole. I've been using it all season. Thing has worked flawlessly. It's a great design. Uh, I've also been using their sleeping bag. So they've got a great zero degree. They've got a 15 degree. They also have a 30 degree blanket with an open bottom on it. Uh, so I've been using their 15 degree works for about anywhere out west and then also been using that blanket on warmer weather hunts and then uh, warmer scouting trips. Uh, just amazing system, amazing company. I really like all those guys there and really appreciate their support. So if you're in the market for any of their sleep systems, any of the products that they produce, make sure to go check them out at Stone Glacier. I also want to thank Black Ovis. Uh, use Black Ovis's game bags here on the last couple hunts. They've worked flawlessly, able to throw them in the washing machine, get them dry, but absolutely everything you need for your hunts. 
they have a point system on there. One point is $1, and you can get points for reviews. You get points for purchases. It's just a great program, and they're all hunters in there, too, uh, talking with these guys before they came on the podcast. Super excited about Western Hunts. Uh, they are actually fans of the podcast, listen in, so they're one of us. Uh, great company to support. Uh, I also have a promo code that'll save you 10% on there. So put in Elevated 10 at checkout, and uh, you get some money knocked off, and then also brings weight to the podcast, and they're advertising with us. So I really appreciate that. And um, yeah, make sure to go check them out. All the top brands, uh, some of the same sponsors that we carry, the Cryptech, Eberly Stock, the Sig Sauer, Savage, uh, they've got all that stuff. So uh, make sure to go check them out. They've also got an awesome uh, uh, Arrow ID program. You can check that out. So again, the promo code is Elevated10 for that. And um, go on and show their support. Show me, show me support. Gosh, I get that right here. But uh, yeah, great company. Um, really happy to have them on the podcast. Also, check out their Camo Fire. Uh, it's an app where they have... Um, uh, they've got 80 new hunting deals every 24 hours. Uh, you can just pick up some some great deals on hunting gear if you watch this app. They come up every single day uh, and, and just some super deals. So check that out too at Camel Fire. And with that, man, um, let's get into this podcast. It's a great one with Clint. It's all about being successful during season. Uh, really enjoyed it. I think you guys are going to enjoy it too. And uh, man, it's just been um, great for me. I've been on some awesome adventures so far. Just got done with a great one and um, came up came up empty or came up short, but it's a long season. I'll make multiple trips out there, but saw some great bucks. And man, did I have some close calls. So I am going to sit down, do a solo podcast, kind of recap. I think I've got three hunts to recap now and um, just some great insight into season. Like I was almost moving too fast through country. I actually bumped like three different bucks that, um, you know, that they saw me before I saw them. And it's kind of breaky country that you kind of got to hunt your way through. I mean, master vantage points were key, but also have to hunt my way through and just makes me realize, you know, got to slow down and get those opportunities. If I would have had just one more opportunity, much less three more opportunities, I probably would have filled that tag, you know, so catching those deer before they catch me, but just a, a bunch of great insight that I want to bring to you guys for hunting season. So, um, I will record that solo solo in between getting some work done and then trying to hunt. I got Dan Heverin staying with me. I got a couple uh, Australian friends that are going to come stay with me and hunt elk. And so um, in between hunting with those guys, getting work done, I will get a podcast recorded and hopefully get a couple podcasts with these guys as well. Uh, so yeah, just keep getting you guys good information. But I really enjoyed this one with Clint. Make sure to go check out his podcast, uh, uh, CNC Hunt Files. And um Man, let's get into it. I'm your host, Brian Barney, Eastman's Elevated. Here we go. Perfect. All right. Yeah, no, man, got uh, got the kiddos back. I had them for a week. I uh, went up and did some walleye fishing up on Lake Erie with two of my good friends. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was up there all weekend. And, yeah, just getting back into the, getting back in the swing of things, went and I've been running uh, about four and a half to five and a half miles at night, uh, 80 pounds in the old Kafaru. So been uh, been running out the last two weeks instead of going to the gym. Stuff I'm just kind of doing stuff at home and then really focusing on heavy pack weight and really getting the legs and the lungs in good shape up and down the hills here on the roads. And 
Oh yeah, it's not the funnest thing. Not the funnest thing to do at ten o'clock at night. But as you know, it's uh, it's a needed it's a needed thing. Yeah, dude, the West is coming. Hunting season is um on its way, and it seems like like elevation and um uh, uh just the the day in day out like it gets to you you know so yeah definitely want to oh, prepare yeah. your body and especially i imagine even more important like coming from you know midwest or whatever low elevation like even more so oh, right yeah yeah i mean i'm at 500 feet so you know and i mean i don't like to take away time from the kids and i'm still farming and been doing a ton of writing and i've done this is you know i did two podcasts today now i'm jumping on here with you so it's like you know man i just don't have time you know during the day so it's like i got to do my workouts at night but it's kind of cool though because i mean my body's fatigued i'm mentally tired physically tired so it's like i'm having to push myself to go get this you know get this shit done and it's like you know that's i mean that's back country, high country, you know, that's, that's Western hunting. I mean, whether it's elk or antelope or mule deer, I mean, it's 99% of, of freaking mental just grind. So it's like, you know, it, it's kind of in a way it's a good thing because man, you know, it's 1030 at night and I'm tired and I'm, I'm worn down and it's like, well, here goes the 70 pound pack on the back. And <laughs> for the next two hours, this is what I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it all pays off though. I mean, I know what it takes. I've been out there and there's been years where I've been in better shape than others, or there's years when I've, I've been in, in, you know, less than adequate shape. And it's like, I know what that does. I know how much harder that makes it. So, you know, that's only happened to me one year. And, uh, I said, yeah, that'll never happen again. I, I just, I, you know, I put too much time and energy and effort into all the other stuff to not be in as peak physical shape and, and conditioning as I can. And, there's really no way for me to prepare for it in Ohio besides throwing heavy weight on and, and taking off and just getting my body used to that fatigue and your legs and your lungs. And that's just kind of my philosophy, whether it's right, wrong, or indifferent. That's, uh, that's what I'm going with, Brian. <laughs> well, it's a good thing to go with. Like, uh, effort definitely pays off, you know, prior to season and during season. And when you, when you have good physical condition, like, um, you're, uh, my mind seems to follow. Like, uh, uh, yeah. I know I can yeah. trust my body in the mountains, and I know yep. it'll do it day after day. And and in yep. turn, that makes me mentally tougher. You know that I can go and give it my all because you're right. These things, you know, they're they're the toughest challenge to go try to arrow a high yep. country buck or a, a big public land bull yep. or whatever it is. You know, and in our case, we're usually talking about high country bucks, but it it um you know success odds run around 10 percent at best in these units and that's one out of every 10 years and and if you want to buck the odds you know you you definitely have to put in more work and and uh, uh be savvier and and um and, and you got to grind once you're there it just um there there's no doubt about it that it pays off and there's you know it's 10 percent of the hunters that harvest 90 percent of the animal and if you animals and if you want to be part of that 10 percent like you got to put in the work there's no cheating it and and even when you do put in the work it's still going to be tough up there but yeah i know what you mean it's like um you know i know in the mountains it's going to take effort day after day and i know in the mountains it's it's gonna it's not gonna be fun all the time it's type two fun it's gonna be a lot of hard work a lot of climbing hills there'll be busted stocks there'll be heartbreak you know of one sort or another because there is every season and 
and yep. and truly it's like your toughness and persistence and you know all that stuff that's like like one of the most important key elements to finding consistent success i think yeah i mean honestly you know being a guy that comes from the midwest living in ohio and and you know this is probably my I don't know. It's probably been eight, eight or 10 years or something that I've been kind of doing this now. And, and it's, it's like the one consistent that I have that I can kind of lean on is, uh, you know, I'm man, I, I love to grind, you know, I, that's, that's, that's kind of my, I mean, I, I really, I lean on that. Uh, when all else fails, I don't really have a stop or a quit button. And, and I've learned that from, you know, uh, way, you know, years ago. I mean, I can remember the first time I come out and, you know, got to hunt with you and Dan. I mean, that's the one thing I, I noticed right off the bat is it's just, you know, there was never a stock that was going to be, oh, I can't do it. Oh, I, that's, I can't get there in time. It's That's too steep. That's too, I mean, now mind you, with obviously you guys aren't putting yourself in situations that are dangerous or life-threatening, but it was always, you know, grab touch another and go. gear. And, and, <laughs> and yeah, 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 touch and go, but it was always grab another gear and, and grind day after day after day and and eventually that pays off and i look at it as you know i'm looking for one opportunity and people kind of look at me like gosh i mean that's you're going to go out there and you're that's it like you want one opportunity but but i know from experience how hard it is to get one opportunity and and if i can get one opportunity good stock i get to bend the limbs back i Hey, like, that's what I'm looking for. You know, I go out there with the mentality of if I get to bend them back, gosh, dang, something's going to die. And I mean, that's just the, you know, that I, I'm, I'm grinding for that one opportunity. I'm not, I'm not taking a chance on, well, I'll get a second opportunity or maybe I'll have a third. And, and hey, there's been hunts where I have had multiple um, stocks and plays and things, but it just seems like if I grind you know, as hard as I can every five or six days, you know, so on a 12 day hunt, I might have two opportunities on a eight to 10 day hunt. There's been a couple of them where, heck, I didn't have one, you know, I didn't draw the bow back one time. I can remember Colorado. I mean, there's, I've spent a couple, couple times in Colorado, just absolutely pedal to the metal every day. I mean, pushing myself mentally and physically to the limit. Um, and still, didn't get to bend the limbs back. And I mean, you know, uh, and then there's been times where I've had opportunity or had an opportunity or two and made good on it. And, you know, but I'm always looking for, if I can get one opportunity, that's, that's the one, you know, that's, that's kind of, so I, you know, um, am I the best on map study? Nope. Am I the best on the mountain as far as, uh, in the best shape, the fastest, the strongest, the toughest, the best shot? Nope. Nope. But I like to think when I'm up there, uh, man, I'm just, I'm not going to get outworked, you know, I'm just going to freaking grind. And I think, I think, uh, I think if you really want it and you're up there and you're, you're starving for an opportunity, I think there's a difference between guys that are, they're there and they're present and they're hunting. And then there's guys that are starving for that opportunity. I mean, they're just absolutely engulfed in it. They're going to do whatever it possibly takes doesn't matter if it's you know moving camp middle of the night or you're chasing a herd of elk all night and you got to move three miles with them or gosh you got to run a ridge line at 2 a.m to get on the vantage to be there by daybreak to hopefully beat a buck back you know whatever it is 
gosh, if you're if you're one of those guys that's starving for it, I just feel like eventually those guys are going to get more of those one opportunities than the next guy. So that's kind of what, man, that's just that's that's kind of what I lean on. You know, when things are going tough, they're not going my way. I'm I'm always leaning on. Gosh, Clint, keep grinding, man. You're starving for it. You're hungry for it. Just, just stay on it. Stay on it. You know, try to make good decisions and, and just grind it out. But, you know, I, I, I don't think a guy can really do much more than just, you know, give it all you got. And as long as you're doing that, usually something good's going to come out of it. Or at least that's what we're all hoping, right? Yeah, that's totally it, man. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's like starving for it, but it's, it's also like just loving it. It's like. You know, I, oh, I get to train or I get to go on these long yep. runs, but to really take myself to the limit is like this rare opportunity to go yep. be on a hunt and be immersed in it with this challenge mm-hmm. of trying to kill a buck or even trying to find a buck sometimes. Like, like, like I love it. I love being, you know, you talked about, you know, night hiking with the headlamp or just doing, you know, so many miles like you start to hallucinate. Like that only happens once a year and it comes fall time and it definitely comes through. <laughs> like high country mealies where you're just giving it all you got and it's you know you you kind of hit peaks and valleys of your mood you'll be down at times but it seems like the the eternal optimist always wins it's just always thinking you know just like you said just looking for one opportunity and and if i duff that one well i'm looking for one more whatever the case is but it's like uh always thinking that you're gonna find that good hunting that you're gonna kill that buck that you're gonna make that stock like and and really wanting that opportunity to test your stocking skills and and you know you talk about giving it all you got and coming out on top and that's definitely the goal but it it does like you have to build all these different skill sets like you have to you you have to work on all these different stocking skills and so we're all progressing as hunters as we go and i think the the more experience we get like i definitely think you're more prepared and know what you're going into uh, uh, have killed bucks. You have that to rely upon. You have training for these hunts. Like, you know, all of a sudden you've made this a lifestyle of yours for the last eight, 10 years. And me, the last 20 years, I've just been living this, this lifestyle where bow hunting means everything to me. And I, I can't wait for this super adventure. And when you start stacking those years and that experience up, you know, pretty soon you get to be pretty good at your craft and you're just, um, more likely, you know, to, to make that shot or to make it happen. And so it's, like trying to trying to learn from all that implement that in your game and now as we're coming into like last preparation for season like i just know you know i really need to get my mind right to to push hard and grind like you're talking about day in day out but but almost to like push my limits mentally farther than i have before to hunt a location hunt for a large buck or you know if it doesn't come together just prepared to to move again prepared to to keep going at it prepared for like you know i may be a little bit shorter on time than i normally am with all these projects so i've got to be more efficient with my time and i do have to get to back to a lot of my weekend warrior days which not that i don't now but just making good on driving you know at night and squeezing that extra hunt in or driving you know after the hunt on Sunday night and driving back, like just all the little things to put in place to put in my favor. Um, so, you know, hopefully like the same as you, I can, I can get some opportunities and ble- be clutched this season and, and uh, hopefully put a few critters on the ground that die from my bow, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I started off doing these hunts and I was just getting into the hunting industry with, with writing and stuff. And, um, 
you know, was, I'd done a few podcasts, been guests and, and stuff, and, and really was kind of trying to build a guest on this podcast. And, and yeah, 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 you know, and, and, and just kind of trying to, you know, build my own little brand, I guess you could say. And, and these hunts were always like, they were always like my title fights, you know, they were always the ones I found myself thinking and training and, and working on all the aspects of, of what was going into these mountain hunts and these Western hunts. And not that I was forgetting about whitetails or turkeys back home, but it's just, this is what really kind of has stolen my heart. And then it got to a point where, man, you know, I quit my state job and sold my farm and, and have, have, you know, building a barn dominium here on, on the home farm and just have really downsized my life for me and the boys and, and have just, you know, I'm kind of doing my own thing now in the hunting world and just farming, and I'm kind of like my own boss now. And, um, gosh, it's just allowed me more opportunity with the kids and more opportunity to go chase critters out west and, and really, really, really do what I love to do, you know. And, and um, I'm excited for them to get older and, and be able to, you know, my boys to be able to go out and do that stuff with me. And by the time they're ready to rock and roll, hopefully dad's got her you know, pretty figured out, oh, it's never going to be totally figured out, but at least <laughs> figured out, you know, figured out pretty good to where, you know, I can, uh, I can really teach them a thing or two, or at least I'd like to think. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've just really made it a lifestyle and, and it's not just something that I love to do now. It's, it's just, it's who I am. And, um, gosh, you know, it, it, I can remember the first time coming out, you know, and, and hunt with you, you know, just seeing kind of, how you go about your business, you know, and how you go about, you know, you've been in the hunting industry a long time and, and, and watching kind of seeing how you and you and Dan have molded your guys' lives into the bow hunting lifestyle. And I just, gosh, I just wanted to, I'm just like, man, like I just need to figure out how to do this and how to make it happen because I want to have unlimited time for as much time as I can. And I don't, I don't want to be run by a time clock and, and I want to be able to just, suck as much out of life when it comes to the boys and bow hunting as I possibly can. And, and, you know, and, and it's, uh, it's, it's hard to jump away from a, a steady paycheck and dive into, you know, now I've got the, you know, the, the, my own podcast through working class bow hunters, CC hunt files. I just had you on last week. Great episode with um, mule deer and stuff. And it's, it's, if you would have told me 10 years ago, this is what I'd be doing now. I'd, I'd be like, man, Gosh, I hope, you know, I, 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 that's the dream. That's what I want to do, but it, it's hard to take that plunge. But if you, if you look at the big picture, you know, you live one life and you, you really only get one opportunity to, to do it. And it's like, you know what, I, man, I can always go back to a state job. I can always go back to, to work in a regular job. Like if, if all else fails, but gosh dang, man, I just, I had to put all the chips in and now is the right time. And I'm just like, man, I just want to chase the dream and, well, I want my boys to see me do that. You know, I think it's important for, you know, like your girls have grown up and, and they've seen you and Holly, you know, do your own thing and, and, and chase what you guys are passionate about. And, and it's, I think it's great, you know, and I, I, I'm really excited for the boys to get, you know, they're starting to get to the point now where they're like, Oh man, you know, what magazine are you in this month? Or, you know, who's your guest on the podcast? You know, they're really starting to kind of learn what I'm doing and they're, they're proud of that. And they're, you know, eventually they're going to find their own likes and, and what they're into. And, you know, I just, yeah, if there's one thing I can give them from all this, I guess it would just be, you know, to go out and chase what you love. And man, I just, gosh dang, I just love to bow hunt. That's just who I am. And it's made me, 
you know, it's made me the guy that I am, honestly, as a dad and, and as a person and, and whatnot. So it's like, why not put all the chips in and here I am, you know? So this is, <laughs> this is it. No, no looking back now. Yeah, good for you. Congratulations. Podcast is doing great. Yeah, you've um made a name for yourself in like not only that, but like the the farming and building the the house there. Like you've really structured your life to be able to enjoy, you know, life and bow hunting to the fullest. And we have this conundrum with our kids where at least for me it's uh you know being able to expose them to this adventurous life and and yep. seeing you know seeing uh, uh their parents go for their dreams and and you know that yep. a lot of times is being gone from the house but they get to see dedication in its truest form yep. they get to see hard work they get to see like a love for the game uh but also the conundrum is that you have to be there to also shape them and i know you spend a lot oh, of yeah. quality time with your kids to to help shape them into the men you want them to be and and uh, the women i want my girl to be but yeah it it is structuring your life and and you start to realize too that uh, you know it isn't it isn't money that that makes me ha- happy like you you got to be right. uh, uh financially stable or at least able to pay bills or keep even or whatever the case is or like uh uh you know to to have, have your finances taken care of is like a great feeling to know uh, that you have things paid for but you know, you realize pretty quick that the most important thing is time and it just flies yeah. by and we spend so little of our lives doing what we truly love to do. And, and so like really taking a look at our lives and trying to structure it and we all need to work and we all need to make money. And, you know, so sometimes it, it, it is like uh, getting a side hustle like you have with your with your hunting career and building it, you know, brick by brick until it turns into something. Uh, sometimes a side hustle can be a side business or working for yourself, like uh, me yep. owning my own business. Uh, I've been able to create an immense amount of time and I'm I'm busy this year, but don't kid yourself. It's all to make a better life for, you know, to spend more time doing what I love to do. It's like, a, oh, yeah, uh, you know, a, a little bit of sacrifice um you know in the in, in the near future in in the future right now but uh you know it's to have more time you know after this is done after we get into this other house you know and after i finish the projects i'm on and so um definitely like um definitely try to structure your life to where you can do what you enjoy to do and you know that can be working for somebody too if you if you bring like in today's day and age, if you work hard and you're an asset to the company, you know, you can talk to your boss and say, hey, man, I work so hard for you this this amount of time throughout the year. Like, you know, this elk season or this mule deer season, I really want to take two weeks straight. You think we can work something out and you can cover for me and get this, you know, it's just like whatever yep. it is. You, you have those conversations, you know, conversations with your spouse and telling them how important it is and really getting that time away because uh, it is freeing like to have a passion like that that you love like uh backcountry bow hunting to have something that encompasses all your free thoughts uh that you're that you're willing to run thousands of trail miles that you're they're willing to shoot thousands upon thousands of arrows all to prepare uh to take time off work to go live like a hobo in the mountains and go chase these (laughs) muleys and try to get within a stone's throw man it's like um it's it's super cool to have this passion and this love for the game and i you know i think that just makes us all want to do it more but you know knowing that i have time coming up this season knowing that i'm going to get time in the mountains to go test myself like um like i can't wait so just trying to like 
you know, do all those little things and get my head right, get my last minute training in, you know, shooting bow from different positions, shooting bow from angles, you know, um, one arrow groups, uh, shooting from my knees a lot, like all those little things that I know are going to come into play, you know, and then trying to get all my gear and all my meals together. And, you know, I start in um, about three weeks or so on a backcountry hunt. And so I'm chomping at the bit and just trying to get like all this responsibility and work done that I need to get done so um, I can jet and go have a good vacation and go be immersed in the mountains. And like, um, you know, once I'm there and my head's right and I'm in ripping shape, like those muleys better watch out. Like um, uh, I'm going to be covering country like a madman and really looking for a good mature one. And um, dude, I can't wait. It's going to be fun. Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, it's, there's nothing like getting out there and, and just knowing that you're ready to rock and roll, you know. And, and I mean, you know, the the early mule deer hunts have just, you know, the, the high country stuff, um, most of the bucks are still in velvet. I mean, I've just fallen in love with, you know, with, with those hunts. And I think at times, because it's so beautiful up there and, and it is, you know, it, it is like breathtaking to look at, but I, I almost think at times, it's romanticized. I mean, it's tough. I mean, everything you do on those hunts from, you know, trying to sleep to um, camp life, just to get into camp, walking around during the day, going to a vantage point. I mean, there's nothing easy. Everything you do is, is work. You know, everything you do is work. But man, when you're up there, I just, it's, it's, I just feel like that's where I was meant to be. You know, those are just the hunts that I just, it just, it's, the passions, like, I feel like it's just pouring out of my, my pores when I'm up there. And it's like, you know, it's hard work and it's tough and it's like, everything you do is a grind, but I just feel like that's just, you know, I was just like born to do that stuff. That's just like where I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, I find, you know, I find comfort in, I guess you could say I've, I've gotten like, I've gotten normalized with, with like, you know, feeling like, man, this is a grind. This is at times you're, you go from, gosh, this sucks to, oh my gosh, this is great. But the whole time, even when you're like, gosh, this is great. It's still, it, it's, it's a suck fest. I mean, it's tough. It's brutal. No matter what you're doing up there, it, it's just, it's tough, but it's crazy to sit back and be like, man, I just did a thousand foot, you know, vert climbed up that, or I had to drop 12 and then go over here and go up eight and oh my gosh, I just did 1800 foot, you know, of vertical gain and loss. And it's like, you look at that and you're like, holy gosh, look what I just did, you know, and it's all for this greater cause of trying to, you know, get within a muley buck and getting arrowed. And it's like, you know, it, it's, uh, like I said, it's just, it's all work. And I think sometimes, you know, we almost romanticize what it's like up there um, because it is awesome and, and we do love it. But like you said earlier, it's type two. I mean, 99% of that is a, it's a type two fun. Um, and gosh, the mountains, they're just unforgiving. You know, I think that's what I like so much is, is it's, it's such a test of your metal, um, you know, mentally and physically of those, those, those mule deer hunts. I mean, especially the high country ones. I think I like those so much because they're, they're just such a demanding physical and mental, you know, test. It's like training for like a UFC title fight. I mean, you, you, you're putting all your chips into this basket and, and you're hoping you come out swinging and you're hoping at the end of the, of the you know last round, you're the, you're the guy standing and it's uh gosh, it's just a test. You know I mean? It, it, the, Cause the mountains, they don't care. They don't care how many miles you put in. 
they don't care how many arrows you shot, how many followers on Instagram, how much money you make. None of that matters up there. You know, it, it's none of that. Nobody cares. The, the the bucks don't care. The mountains don't care. So it's it's almost like it's it's you versus you up there. You know, if if you let yourself go down the rabbit hole of negativity, or you you fall off the map and you start questioning why you're there or what you're doing, and you let negativity sink in, you know that's a killer. You know, so it's like you you've you got to pick yourself up, especially if you're solo. You know, I, I enjoy the solo hunts. I, I find a lot of, uh, I find a lot of comfort in those hunts. Honestly, I, I think they're good for me. I, I just, I, I like to be in those moments where it's just me. Um, and not that I don't like hunting with buddies because some of my favorite hunts have been with like, you know, you and Dan and my good buddy, Devin Leonard and, and different guys like that. You know, I mean, I mean, I've had some, Oh my gosh. I mean, the laughs that I've had with, you know, with you guys and with Devin over the years, I mean, it's, it's, I wouldn't trade those moments for the world, but there's something about the solo stuff where it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain if you've never done it, but it's, it's just, it's you versus you, you know, if, if, if you let yourself be your best friend up there, you're, you're in good shape. But if you let yourself work against you and you let yourself be your enemy up there, it can go downhill quick, you know, and, and it's, uh, Man, it's it's just really a uh, it's I think that's like the purest form of of like backpack bow hunting is just hey I'm gonna throw everything on my back and it's me and my bow and uh, that's it and and you're gonna dive into it and just go you know there's nobody to help you make decisions there's nobody to go over anything it's just man it's it's you and you and that's it you know I I just uh, yeah I love those hunts I, I really do I I find a lot of I guess a lot of serenity and just a lot of comfort in those. Uh, I feel like I'm very, uh, I've adapted well to that. And, and, and those hunts, I feel like they're very much, you're either going to love them or you're going to hate them. Some guys do one and they fall in love with it. And other guys, you know, they'll do it and man, that's just not for me. And that's okay. It's not for everybody. Um, but gosh, dang, I really, I really do like those solo hunts. It's, uh, everyone back home thinks I'm freaking crazy. You know, they're like, man, why would you want to go live like a hobo sleep on rocks and freaking hunt by yourself for eight days that sounds terrible i'm like gosh i freaking love it i can't wait you know i hope i get to do three or four of them this year and then my my friends are just like oh my god like dude what's what's wrong with you man there's that's, that's not normal you know but i don't know you know it's it's uh yeah i i, I think i just i i just i like that uh it's it's like me versus me up there you know like i said you're either you're either your best friend up there or you're your worst enemy, you know, you got to really mentally like keep a hold of yourself. And yeah, I just, I like that test. I like, I like being able to just know that, Hey, I've got nobody to rely on, but me, you know, it's, it's the whole, all the chips are in and they're all on what Clint's, you know, going to come up with for a plan and how he's going to make a play. And it's, yeah, I don't know. I like that. I guess I like the, uh, I like that pressure all riding on the shoulders, I guess. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it it is uh, you don't get a chance to hide from yourself when you're alone with yourself for seven, no. eight days, or <laughs> no. inside your own head. Like you find out who no. you really are, and it is a bit of a spiritual experience too. Just being solo oh, yeah. and like you you don't talk for for multiple days on end. You don't communicate. Yep. It's almost like you get back and you forget how to talk. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is like you do get 100% of the opportunities, like you're most effective by yourself sneaking around the mountains. And, um, yeah, sometimes it's, it's tougher to keep motivated, but it is, uh, uh it is a, a battle of your own mind, you know, and it's, man, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, 
tough on these hunts, you know. Like you say, it's easy to romanticize them, but once you get there and you start climbing and you're in those peaks, uh, you you find out it's a test of endurance. Like I've never been that exhausted in my entire life. I'll fall asleep sitting up. It just takes everything you have to put those miles in and to have that backpack on your back weighing on you. Like super important to get that backpack work like you're getting to get your back used to it. Um, But it is – it is a grind, and it's never how you plan it either. It's like you make the best laid plans for these units and these hunts, and even some of the the, the best units around with um, some of the, the the best genetics and best animals. It's still no cakewalk. Like you get in there, it's never what you expect. It's always getting hit in the mouth. It's always you get there and you yeah. start climbing. You're like, man, I didn't remember it being so tough to get in here, or you know, yeah. going into yeah. a new spot and just running into a bunch of rigs and a bunch of guys on the trail and like god there's guys everywhere i turn in here or getting into a spot and there's no bucks and it's like oh okay i made a plan b and i made a plan c but now i actually have to start carrying those out and i've got a i just got into this place that's eight nine miles back now i've got to turn around hike out and hike into a new spot and start over again and maybe there's not even bucks there like it's gonna you know, there's a reason why it's difficult. It's going to test you and you're going to have to adapt to the conditions that you're given and, and adapt to the deer you're seeing or the deer you're not seeing or the or the hunting pressure or whatever it is. Like you, you just have to continue to keep your mind right and go, hey, this is what you've waited all year long for. And, you know, like you're you're going to get a stock on a buck or you're going to find a buck. You just got to keep putting forth effort. And so continuing that that positive dialogue with yourself throughout the hunt and even when things get bad that tends to be like kind of dark humor or a dark joke or like oh there's no deer here again like i i should have known and picked the opposite of what i picked or you know like yep. just starts to turn into like almost humorous uh that it's that difficult or that things aren't working out and that goes for hunting with a buddy or with yourself but it is um I think that that positive mental attitude and keep theorizing, just keep thinking, what's my next move? What's the next thing I can do? And, um, you know, days can definitely run out and you can eat tags, but it seems like if you continually to put continually put forth that effort, like almost on every hunt where there's a will, there's a way. And and sure, you may mess up the stock or the shot doesn't come together. You don't get a shot, but. Gosh, it it is like the the more I bow hunt, the more different places I bow hunt, you know, like I've started to realize that that I can be successful, you know, in 100 percent of these spots and the the spots that I'm the units that I'm not successful in or that it doesn't work out. And sure, I can hit a dud because I take a lot of chances on a lot of new spots and looking over a lot of numbers. And maybe I didn't get the snow and didn't push them in that unit or, you know, I can always come up empty where it just you know, not able to capitalize, but it seems like more times than not, like almost every unit where there's a will, there's a way, there's a chance to be successful. And even if I look back on unsuccessful hunts I have, I can probably point to you a a few close encounters that maybe could have gone a little bit different or that I could have played a little bit different and there would have been a different outcome. Or maybe there was a little bit more effort I could have put and hiked into another drainage and kept looking and kept hunting. Or, you know, I could almost always point to something on the unsuccessful ones that i could have done better or different and i think um i think that's a beautiful thing like it's uh it's so difficult and there's so many guys that that are vying for uh consistent success on western hunting with a bow and arrow but there's like still room out there it's so big it's so vast like there's 
there's still a room for you to go find your own experience and find this adventure and not run into guys around every corner. You know, there's there's opportunity if you stick it out. Guys leave and you're still there hunting and you're covering miles. And no matter how many guys are there, those same bucks are still in that range. And, you know, no matter how tough you think it is, they're going to kill bucks after you leave that unit with a rifle or muzzleloader or whatever. There's still bucks in there somewhere. You just got to, like, be crafty enough to find them and then try to get a stock at them. But it's, like, part of the beautiful thing about backcountry hunting, I think. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and you touched on, you know plan a b c d and and having to you know oh my gosh you know here i am day one and plan a and b's already blown up you know i think that's something from me coming from you know ohio i don't i rarely ever get to scout these units and like colorado for example i've pretty much i think this year will be like the seventh or eighth different unit that i've hunted so i've never actually you know i've never hunted um, the same unit. I've, I'm always bouncing. Um, and I like to do that. I like to hunt, you know, different units and, and especially in Colorado, I, I want to see as much of that state and bow hunt as much of that state as I can. Um, and, you know, having plans are one thing, but having the mental mindset or the, the mental space in your head to be able to handle when things are going to go wrong, because they're going to go wrong. You know, uh, we all want to show up to the trailhead and there'd be nobody there. Um, and we go back in seven, eight miles and there's just bucks galore and we've got it all to ourselves. But, you know, on all the hunts I've been in Colorado and Wyoming, Utah, New Mexico, et cetera, Montana, I- I've never yet had that perfect, I go there, there's nobody there, it's just me scenario. You know, I, and, and I know that uh, going into it, I know I'm going to deal with people. I'm going to deal with pressure. I'm going to deal with plans not working out, uh, spots not working out. And I think that's really important, especially if you don't live out there. Um, and, and for guys just getting into it, you know, that's something that I really struggled with in my early years was I would get so frustrated because I would make these plans. And I'm thinking, gosh, these are these are great plans. And, and you get in there a day or two before season and I'm going to camp here, find bucks here, find bulls here. And here we go. Here they are, you know, and it's like, and then people start to show up and then it's like, it's your, you're just like, you're praying that they're not going to stay or they're not hunters. And then before you know it, you got 10 or 12 guys in there. And it's like, I really struggled with, okay, what to do now? Or, you know, to, to not let that ruin the mindset. And now it's like, I expect that, you know, I'm prepared mentally for that. I, I expect that to happen. Um, I'm okay with that. You know, uh, in Utah, I mean, you know, it's not some big secret. I, I hunt the front a lot and it's, I mean, I, I don't know the numbers for sure, but I know that's one of the most highly pressured units in the West, especially for mule deer. Um, honestly, one of the great things about hunting a place like that is I see 15 to 20 plus people every time I'm on the mountain, um, every time guaranteed every time i don't know if i've ever hunted a day where i haven't run into at least 12 to 15 people you know whether it's glassing or they're on the trail or i'm coming in they're coming out whatever um but that you know hunting units like that um you know i've really kind of sharpened my my mental skill set on 
how to act around people as far as just how to mentally not let that ruin things and how to adapt to it and how to keep a positive outlook and attitude. And I think that's super important, especially if you're a guy that's only got, say you're coming from New York, you're going to go elk hunt. You got seven or eight days of actual hunting. It sounds like a lot, but it's really not, especially on an elk hunt. Um, you can't afford to let plan A go array and then that totally kills your mood and now you're moping around for two days and it takes you into day three to get back to a positive attitude like man now you're on day four like you just you 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 absolutely can't let that stuff happen so I think that's I think that's huge is to know that you're gonna hey it's public land you're gonna run into people um you're gonna run into pressure if you get lucky and you don't that's great but I think if you're mentally prepared for that and you're mentally prepared on how you're going to deal with it and how you're going to put a positive spin on it and you're not going to let it negatively affect you, I think that's huge. And I think that that's honestly something that I've really, really tried to hone and sharpen is just knowing, okay, things are going to go wrong. They're going to go away. I'm going to run into bumps of the road. Um, what's my plan, you know, mentally, how am I going to look at it, you know, and just staying positive and, and, and being able to think, okay, all right, what's my next move? Where am I going? Um, you know, I, I think that's been huge for some of the success that I've had that I've had over the years is just always being able to, to, okay, well, all right, this spot's blown up. Um, here we go. We're on to the next one. And I know that's going to happen. And when it happens, I just, Hey, I pick myself up and, I move camp or move spots or jump in my truck and drive to the other side of the unit and start in fresh or, you know, whatever it is. But that's something I struggled with early on. Um, and I've really put a lot of effort into that mental portion of my game um, as far as preparing for bad to strike. Because on these hunts, I mean, it's, it's going to happen. You know, they're, it's, <laughs> they're not a walk in the park to begin with. And then you factor in the outside stuff like, out, you know, pressure from other people and, and, and you got hikers and bikers and, you know, I mean, it's, it's hard to tell what you're going to run into there, but I think that's something that, you know, for me, I really had to hone and sharpen that, that mental skill set um, to prepare for kind of bad to strike uh, and not let that affect me in a negative way. Yeah. It's, um, it it's easy it's easy to quit <laughs> like um oh, the yeah. the mountains yeah, will be screaming is. at you there's always a reason to quit yep. but um oh yeah yeah and it it seems like you know i i may run into guys or they may screw up an encounter but it seems like more times than not when i'm on the bucks uh the bucks are where the humans aren't you know and so like yeah. i tend yep. to have it to myself right um but yep. Yeah, it it um those bumps in the road and being able to to cross those mental hurdles like that's a that's a huge part of the game and then you 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 put that together with um you know like being able to 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 have confidence in your skills like knowing that I can go roam a mountain range and I'll probably turn up another buck or I'll probably turn up an opportunity or just knowing what bucky terrain looks like and how to cruise bucky terrain like um like I, I think uh, just, just willing to, to, to be able to, to do the next step. Like, 
like you said, like being willing to start over and go to a new spot and hike in and go, you know, it's going to work out in here. I'm going to find some bucks in here. And it may not be the first drainage I look, may not even be the second, the third, or the fourth, but eventually I'm going to turn up some bucks in here and turn up an opportunity. And then, you know, once we get an opportunity, like, um, that's where we really get a chance to be clutch, you know, really get a chance to make our best stock, to take no shortcuts, to to remember all those hard lessons and hard rules that we've learned. You know, not that you're thinking about each heartbreak of every stock that you've busted, but over the years, there's been hundreds of stocks that have gone wrong by oh, yeah. wind or by yeah. being too aggressive or being too patient or whatever the case is, but just trying to make your absolute best move like – so much of this bow hunting success does come from being clutch, and that's clutch on the stock, but also clutch on the shot. And so, like, yep. uh, what Absolutely. what's your 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 mindset like around uh, stocking muleys? Like, I know this early season we kind of have some hard rules, or I would think you have some of the hard rules that I do, where I'm trying to stock them in their second bed, afternoon bed, because oh, yeah. I know they won't yep. move much. Because I know they'll be still, and I can sneak on that position. I'll have stronger directional winds that'll hide my cover noise, and then go in. But is there, like, um, when you're playing Utah and those guys, or like when you're when you're playing different spots, um, are you also looking to stock a buck when he's up feeding at all, or are you just looking for that one encounter because you know it's high percentage, or that one stocking him in his second bed, and that's what you're trying to create when you're in there? Yeah, so it, it's. Uh, for me, it's kind of situational. You know, there's not a ton of high country um, in Utah like there is Colorado. So in Utah, a lot of times, you know, those bucks will, especially after that first weekend, all the pressure, you know, they'll they'll go down into that, that timber. And they might not go down in very far, um, but, I, you know, I try to really pay attention to where they come in. Um, and then I'm trying to figure out, okay, you know, they're probably going to get up at some point mid midday and, and feed a little bit and then go back. And I'm really trying to watch, you know, I'm trying to find, a, you know, a lot of times those bucks will, will do that a second time. They're going to switch that bed. They come out, they feed, they go back. And now at that point, you know, I'm thinking, okay, based off of what I've seen, can I get to a spot over there and potentially intercept them in the evening? Um, you know, so that's kind of sort of the game I've played in the evenings is almost trying to, beat a buck to a spot that I think he's going to be at. Now, sometimes, um, gosh, you get lucky over there and a buck will bed in a spot that's open and I can watch him all day and I can watch him switch beds and I can actually peek into that timber with my spotter and I can see him. Um, and that's a great scenario. And if I can slip in when those thermals are rising, um, with the, with the right directional, if I can slip in middle of the day, you know, um, I've been dang close to killing some bucks doing that. You know, I mean, really, really, really close slipping in. Um, but, you know, like now, like Colorado, where the high country is a lot bigger up there, and those bucks are going to bed above tree line a lot, especially the first week or so of season. You know, the mornings have never um, – man, that's just never panned out for me. I mean, if it, if it was the absolute – if it was like a foolproof scenario where, okay, I see where this buck's going. I've watched him a day or two. I know he's heading to this willow patch. You know, I've got the right wind. I can beat him there and potentially get there before he does. Man, I mean, uh, if I think it's a high percentage play, you know, I'll go for it. I, I've always said my first good opportunity 
um, I'm going to go with it because you never know, you know, we all want that perfect opportunity, but truth be told, you never know if you're actually going to get that. So if I've got a play that the odds are more in my favor than less, man, I'm really, really looking to go. And, and, you know, I think sometimes I get a little aggressive because I want to go on stocks. And I think sometimes I'm almost, I think I've heard you make this a statement similar to this too. You're looking for every reason to go on a stock. And over the years, I think I've, I've shaved that down a little bit to where I'm a little more cautious and a little more patient, um, not quite as aggressive, but yeah, I mean, in a perfect world, I want to watch a buck feed bed. Maybe he's in some willows and then gets up, moves to that second bed and okay, now the game's on. You know, I want to come up from above and drop in on him. And man, I want to freaking thump him when he's in that bed and, and, and come in with those, you know, the thermals and everything rising in my face. I'm dropping down on him. I mean, that's the perfect, that's the perfect world, you know. But uh, for me, um, I feel like I've also become just from hunting mule deer so much here the last six, seven years. I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp on mule deer behavior and kind of what they do now. So I, I, I find myself being, like I said, not quite as aggressive. Um, if it's a good play, I'm going, you know, I mean, like I said, I'm always looking for a reason to go on a stock, but there have been times where I've watched a buck and I've watched him go up an avalanche shoot. And I know in my own mind, man, that's going to be sketchy. You know, I don't really know if I can navigate that the correct way. Um, or a safe way, I'm going to have to watch him. And, you know, you'll watch a buck for a day or two, and then all of a sudden he puts himself in a position where, oh, man, he's in a spot that he hasn't been in the previous day or two. He's bedded there. It's a spot I can get to. You know, that's kind of now at that point I'm like, okay, this is it. You know, here's my here's my time. So it's, it's really situational for me. But – Definitely, you know, if I can watch them bed to that second bed, I love the afternoon, get those thermals rising, come down from above. Um, man, I've killed some bucks, though. You know, I have killed some bucks, cutting bucks off and getting to a spot where a buck's going to hopefully be. You know, I mean, that can be a deadly tactic. I mean, you know, the toughest part there is just making sure you got the wind in your favor. And, and, and hopefully when you get over there, you're not bumping other deer or, you know, I've bumped elk before and didn't know they were there. And then that blows everything up. So it's, it's, uh, you know, I, I try to really not just look at, okay, where's the mule deer at? But before I even go on these stocks and I'm marking stuff, I'm really trying to figure out, okay, are there any other animals, you know, are there, is, is there anything over there that potentially is going to screw this up for me? Um, so I think, you know, I'm a, I'm not as aggressive as I used to be. I'm a little more patient, but man, when a, when an opportunity is there, oh, it's go time. I mean, I'm strapping up the binos tight, strapping up the pack, and I'm freaking all in. I'm going for it. You know, I'm I'm always looking for a reason to go on a stock, but I do think I've I've gotten a little better at not going in guns a blazing. You know, on just every stock that oh yeah, well I could do that. You know, it, it's it's more of a if the odds are in my favor, I'm going to go. If they're not, I'm really thinking hard, like, okay, I've seen this buck. 
man, what's going to happen if I watch him again? You know, if I've got a few days left or whatever, you know, a lot of it's time too. You know, if you don't have much time left, okay, maybe, hey, hey, I, I, this is it. I got to go for it. But if it's early in the hunt and I've got time on my side, you know, um, I feel like those big, those big mule deer, eventually they'll put themselves in a spot that they are killable, you know, but sometimes you might have to wait a couple of days for that. And, and, and it's, that's the fun part, though, because it's a fine line between sitting on your heels and then strapping on your cleats and taking off. You know, it's it's uh, that's what makes it it's it makes it fun. Is it's it's such a chess match. You're constantly spinning your wheels on what's the right move, what's the right play. But uh, yeah, I mean, I definitely think you and I are similar on on quite a few things when it comes to that. You know, and I mean, I've learned over the years from you and and a lot of you know thousands of other people have too. I'm sure because I hear you talk about it all the time. You know patience kills the buck. Once you get within the red zone, um, you know, I, I used to stalk to failure and, and I hear you talk about that. And, and that used to be me. Oh, oh, I'm at 48. I can get to 35. I can get to, you know, and I know I can make 48, but, oh, oh I'll try to get to 35. If I get to that tree, I'm at 35. That's even closer. And I've really gotten away from that. Now it's, Hey, I get within a certain bubble I'm sitting here and I'm going to let this buck kill himself, you know, and that's something I've really tried to focus on. And I've killed a lot more bulls and bucks because of that, because I'm, I'm, I let them make that last move and I don't stock to failure. I think that's, I think that's something that uh, I, <laughs> I wish I would have heard that more often uh, back eight, nine years ago, because I was that guy. I would stock to failure. Um, and, and now in today's world, that's something I absolutely, I just won't let myself do it because it's never, it's never worked out good for me. <laughs> uh, I'd love to have some of those stocks on big bucks back in Colorado that I've, I've stocked to failure, um, and just didn't know any better. Uh, looking back, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, just, just a bonehead move, but, but Hey, you know, that's, that's how you learn. And unfortunately those bucks are long gone, but, you know, what I learned from it now I have in the back of my mind, you were talking about kind of replaying things in your mind when you're on a stock. I flip back to that stuff when I'm on stocks because I know what has went wrong, what has went right. And I think about that. Okay. I'm at 60 yards. I'm comfortable here. I'm not going to stock to failure. I know I can make this shot. I'm going to let the buck make the moves and then we'll see what happens. You know, that's just that's something that I've had to really kind of work on as well in my own game is, is not to keep pushing the stock, pushing the stock, pushing the stock. You know, we all want to get that 20 yard stand in their quarter and away feeding shot, but man, it's just tough to do that. You know, and it's like, yeah, at some point you got to be okay with, okay, Hey, I'm comfortable here. I don't need to stock any further. So that's something I've really tried to work on when, especially when it comes to mule deer is, is not stopping to failure. Yeah, so many good points in there. Um, yeah, I like how you said it was um, situational. Like uh, when you were first talking about that, the the stalking and and when you'll stalk and when you won't, and yeah. like that's a like you brought it to my attention. Like I, again, I started thinking of the different places I've hunted, and, and the the reality is is that our season dates are getting later and later in Colorado, and those yep. bucks go to secondary yep. living, and they'll they'll go to secondary living as the season gets late and the feed burns off, but they also go to secondary yep. living from hunting pressure and hunting oh, that yeah. front, like you're talking. 
after opening weekend, those bucks are down in secondary living and more cover. And so, you know, you just don't get the chance to stalk every buck in his second bed where you can keep eyes on him and make this calculated yep. methodical play always like you want to. Um, and I know in Wyoming, too, like um, oh, yeah. any more down there, those bucks are in secondary living. By the time I'm bow hunting them, they're a lot tougher to yep. hunt. They're not in those alpine basins, you know, but maybe a couple days, if that. And there's so many guys that opening weekend. And so, you know, you take Colorado or high pressure spots in Wyoming and in Utah and in a lot of these places, the deer are putting away in the cover. And so doing that move that you're talking about, and there's there's no more like I love stalking in on on a deer uh, and and being able to get a shot on him. But there's nothing more beautiful than having a giant buck like working your way, like feeding your way, and you don't have to do oh, anything yeah. but sit and yep. wait and take ranges and get ready to shoot. And yeah, I've killed a lot yep. of bucks like you're talking about, where you watch them put away in the timber and you try to theorize where they're going to feed out that night, and you sneak to that spot where they're going to feed out. You keep the wind right and pretty soon late afternoon here comes that buck feeding out in that meadow you know and you're in the right ambush spot so as we start to hunt more secondary living or you don't know a buck's exact position in his bed yeah like um uh uh, really holding up and trying to play where he's going to feed that night and playing your winds right is highly successful and then you know you you touched on like a couple different things you touched on that and then you know you 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 also touched on like um like like not stalking to failure is so important like um uh just not like knowing what you can get away with and what you can't yep. on these deer and being able to yep. make moves and not blow up the scenario keep the element of surprise like there's a buck you know like uh, last year that that I laid within 150 yards for six to eight hours for two days in a row and never got a play because he didn't come my way and it was wide open and I knew I couldn't crawl. I couldn't, you know, there was nothing I could do to get close enough to make this thing happen on this buck. So I had to sit back and wait. And, and, and I like how you describe like aggressiveness and patience. Like um, it is being aggressive in the mountains is a good thing. You do want to look to make a stock and look to make a play oh, yeah. and don't come up with excuses not to make a stock, but you begin to, to be able to tell the difference. Like it's all a gray area. It's not going to be black and white. Even when a buck beds right. in his second bed, you're going to have to weigh your options and go, oh, where are those other deer? What's my approach? Yep. Oh, that wind's a little dicey. Like it's always, it's always going to be this gray area of whether or not to stock or not. And sometimes I screw up and I, I get too aggressive and I make a stock and it was a bad plan from the start. I was just, you know, I wanted to go for it. I wanted to make a play. And so you kind of get better at recognizing what is a good stock and what is a bad stock or a high percentage stock and a low percentage stock and, and really trying to look for, can I kill that buck? And when you believe you can kill that buck and you believe he's not going to pick you up, it's, it's time to go for it. And it's time to go for it, whether he's on his feet or in his bed or whatever scenario presents itself. When you think you can kill that buck, it's like time to try to make a play and creative thinking is rewarding. It's, you know, sometimes it's coming from below. Sometimes it's coming from the side. It's using your ungulation and your topography, really using your wind and just seeing like a weakness or like a chink in the armor, like, Oh, that mule deer's feeding there. But God, I got that group of trees. It's got to be inside of 50 yards from them. If I can make it there, I've got a great wind. Like, I think I can kill that buck, you know? And so like really weighing those options. And then, yeah, it's like when you're on the stock, 
just knowing like when you can move and when you have to stop, when you have to freeze, when the buck's looking your way, or how to just kind of hide yourself, how to just like really keep that element of surprise. And the longer you can keep the element of surprise, the the better chance of killing that buck. And like that that buck last year, like a couple days inside, not quite inside bow range, but right on the edge of bow range, not a move to make. I just knew there wasn't a move, but I just kept theorizing like how am I going to get a play on this buck? And finally ended up circling the whole entire mountain and coming over the top and being able to use the drop of the mountain and the ungulation as it rolled away to kind of hide my approach as he was in the trees and I set up on his feeding feature. But there, there, there's always a way to get in there undetected. You just got to like put the pieces together and try to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, I think the more you do it, you know, you start to gain confidence in, reading scenarios and just reading mule deer or reading elk or antelope, you know, whatever you're hunting, you just start to gain confidence in, okay, you know, this is what I need to do. And that's what I'm going to do. And, and, and there's, there's not this, Oh gosh, what do I do? Do I do this? Do I do that? You know, you, you just almost start to like, okay, Nope. I know now. Okay. Here. Yep. This is a good play. We're going to go for it. Nope. It's just not, you know, I find myself now after doing it, you know, after hunting mule deer in, in different states and multiple places and in different terrains and different seasons, I find myself now there's not as much going back and forth in my mind. It's, it's, I can look at something and I can digest it and I can kind of pick apart the scenario and rather quickly now it's either a yay or nay. And before I used to go back and forth, ah, do this, do that. What do I, you know, and, and, and it, it was lack of confidence. I just, I just didn't have confidence in, my capabilities, um, mule deer behavior, um, you know, I just, I just didn't know enough, um, to make quick moves or I shouldn't say quick moves, but make quick judgment and, and, and make a quick judgment call. So it was very much this tug of war in my head. Um, whereas now it's more so, you know, I have a better grip and a better grasp on things, um, how to navigate country. You know, I struggled in Colorado early on, uh, navigating rocks and rock shoots and scree and, and just, you know, I, I, I'd never had hunted and stuff like that. Um, the avalanche shoots and, and, and just, you know, that I was, I was almost kind of scared to get up in that if I'm being totally honest, you know, and, uh, it took me a while to gain confidence in that. And, and, and it took me a long time to be able to kind of navigate that and look at it from afar or look at it on a map and go, yep, okay, I can navigate that. I can do this. Nope. I can't do that. Whereas now I have confidence if I'm in a scenario where I need to go over and I need to, to come up over a ridge and, and, and go down an avalanche chute and, and scoot across and get into the next drainage to drop in on a buck. You know, I, I can kind of read a map or onyx or I can look at, look at it through the spotter and go, okay, yep, I can go there, I can do this, I can do that, um, yep, that's a stock I can make, I'm going for it. Uh, there's not so much of this back and forth in my head, and a lot of that, like I said, it's it's just I've gained confidence. I've been in those moments. Um, I know what I can do. I've got confidence in myself, and I think that's a you know, I think that really, um, that makes a guy very deadly, you know, uh, a guy walking around with a sharp stick um, and confidence man, that's a, that's a dangerous guy, you know, I mean, uh, versus the guy that's, you know, lacks confidence and, and, and really is struggling to make judgment calls and, and just doesn't have enough experience to really 
be confident in what he's doing or what he needs to do or what he shouldn't do, you know. So I, I think I think that's a big learning curve. And once you're on the upper end of that, um, I think you're going to see a lot more opportunities and a lot more critters, you know, dying from from your your pointy stick. At least for me, that's definitely been the case. You know, I, I get more opportunities and I've, I've killed more bucks and bulls and stuff because that confidence is there. And, and it wasn't there for a while. You know, it took me a long time to get confident. Um, and I think that's that's a big one. You know, I mean, you see the guys, you know, like guys like yourself or um, Dan Hever and, you know, Tony Treeks, you know, these guys that, you know, it's it's they're confident, you know, I mean, they're, they're, you know, you're not going to go on a stock that's half-assed or you're like, well, it might work. It might not, you know, man, I've, I've been with you. And, and, and if you say, yep, I'm going for it. I know in your mind, Oh, that, that animal's dead. Do you kill him every time? No, absolutely not. None of us do. But in your mind, if you say, yep, I'm going for it. Oh, in your mind, that freaking buck's dead when you get there. That bull's dead when you get there. And, and that's, that's just that, that confidence is deadly. I mean, and that's, that has put a lot of animals on the ground for, for, you know, for guys like, you know, you and Dan and Tony and, and different guys like that, that, you know, you just, you have that confidence. And, and that's, uh, man, I think confidence is just killer. I, I really think that's, uh, you know, if you can walk around with confidence, um, man, you're, you're just, uh, you're on a whole nother level. Um, than the guys that are, are kind of, eh, I don't know, you know, kind of in that gray area where they just don't really have that confidence in themselves or making decisions, um, you know, and, and, and that's that's a learned thing, you know. That's not something that you, you just can read an article or listen to a podcast and you're like, oh, yep, I'm confident. I listened to Brian talk about how to hunt mule deer. I know, yep, I'm confident now. Like it's, it's you know, you got to be out there and do it and, and you're going to fail a lot. And that's what's going to lead to confidence is, you know, all the failures. I think back to the years and years of getting, you know, getting my ass kicked in Colorado, prime example. I mean, I hunted four years before I ever killed a, a high country buck. And I mean, I got my rear end handed to me for three straight years. I mean, the longest drives of my life home, 20 some hours, just but whooped all three years, but every year I just gained a little more confidence, a little more confidence, a little more confidence. And then finally on year four, put it all together and was able to arrow a great buck by myself, solo 13,000 feet, you know, just made every right move. And just in my head, I'm like, that buck's dead. If I get to that rock, that buck's dead, you know, and, and it just, it, it's, it's crazy how confidence is, is it's gained, through trial and error and failure, but man, oh man, once you start to get it, it, it uh, it's a game changer, but uh, it's not easy to get though. You know, it's, 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 uh, <laughs> I'm living proof of that. It's, it's not easy to get, but man, once you start to gain it, um, gosh dang, it sure does change the game for a guy. Yeah. And I, th- I think, um, you know, it, it is like confidence is, is, um, is such a killer in the mountains just knowing what you're looking for like what kind of stock yep. you're looking for but yep. you know what kind of scenario you're looking for knowing that 
that what you can get away with and what you can't. And so that that right. knowledge is key. But I, you know, I do think that that no matter where guys are at in their hunting career, that they can they can pick up information, you know, from the podcast or from magazines reading. Oh, yeah. oh they're looking for them in their yep. second bed, or oh, they're in secondary living. They're looking to ambush them. So maybe not even having the confidence themselves, but just having like the the ability. Uh, like yep. the love for the game to pay attention and to to download the same information that we're talking about to download yep. and implement it into their hunting where they can really shorten the learning curve where it, oh, it doesn't absolutely. take 10 years to get or a dozen years to get yep. like maybe they could pick it up in a couple or maybe you know they think back and and and, and come up with a game plan they're decisive so you have to make decisions in hunting and it isn't always black and white even for the best of us hunters it's oh, always like like man, I think I can. I think I can get away with that. Okay, I think I can kill that buck. Um, but it's still like, or or maybe should I wait? Should I sit back and watch this buck and wait for a better opportunity? Like like we're all yep. weighing options all the time of what we should do or what is the right move. And the answer is, is there? There's never a right move until you kill the buck. Like it could always exactly. be wrong or it could always be right. Yeah. And so like you just have to to trust your instincts, uh, be decisive. Like you make a decision and go, okay, if he beds there, no bucks bed above him. I have an approach over those rocks. I'm going for it. If he does that, you know, but then, then a buck beds above the rocks. And now you got to relook at things and go, gosh, that buck bedded 30 yards above him. There's no way with the wind I can get in on that spot. I've got to wait or I've got to, you know, maybe he'll change beds or I got to get after him tonight, but just being able to be decisive and then like, like being able to, uh, really uh, uh, critical thinking, like just being able to problem solve and think in your mind to like, okay, like every every place on planet Earth is different. Every deer on planet Earth is different. Now, they have tendencies yep. where they like and how they live, but it's like right. it is this unique problem that, that you have yep. to solve. And our, our, our best uh you know our 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 best attributes as human is is endurance one to continue to push and and uh, continue to put forth effort and the other one is to to be able to use our thinking power use our brains and theorize and trying to to solve that puzzle how i can get close to this buck and gosh i've i've heard this on a podcast and i've read this and maybe i haven't seen it for myself but i know what these guys are looking for and now i've heard them talk about stalking i know that i gotta really slow down and i've heard them warn me about stalking to failure and i've heard them warn me about uh if i think i'm going slow enough to slow down so i really need to move slow i really need to be quiet here like just taking into account all that like all of a sudden you're successful and you've only made a handful of stocks and like you know you've really yep. learned from it and can recreate that and and you know might see that success like a lot sooner than than guys like me or you that had to learn the hard way a lot of times yeah you know you bring up a good point i mean you know i was talking about like you know confidence is is, is deadly of course um but there's you know in today's world you can gain confidence with like like you were talking about you know back eight ten years ago there weren't all the podcasts there weren't all the blogs there weren't all this information to help shorten the learning curve and you know i think a lot of confidence is actually getting out it's it's grown getting out there and actually doing it but to go with that confidence is if you already have a great idea of what you want to do before you ever even go do it that is confidence in itself 
um, before you ever even actually go do it. You know, so a guy in today's world should have a lot more confidence going into his first solo mule deer hunt than I did, say, you know, eight years ago or whatever. Yeah, me um, 20 years ago, so, totally. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. You know, there's, I started going out west, you know, um, 10, 12 years ago hunting elk and stuff. And, and it's like, you know, uh, yeah, there was some stuff out there and there were some DVDs and there were some things, you know, but I mean, it, it wasn't the world um, you know, the, the, there wasn't this huge wide world of knowledge and, and podcasts and people like yourself that's putting out this information week after week after week to help shorten these learning curves and to get, give you confidence before you ever even actually get out there. So it's like, you know, man, I mean, guys that aren't taking advantage of that in today's world, you're, you're just, you're gosh, dang, you're just missing the boat. You're crazy because, you know, um, like you said, 20 years ago, I mean, <laughs> gosh, you were on your own. You know, there, there was no, well, let me listen to this podcast and see if I can pick out some gems and see if they're doing something I'm not doing. And maybe I can figure something out or, Hey, I'll hop on Instagram and I'll message Brian Barney and ask him, dude, Hey, I can't figure out what the heck I'm doing wrong. Trying to bugle bulls. You know, here's my setups. What do you think? I mean, that, that, that wasn't an option then. Um, and it is now, and that's the beauty, you know, that is the beauty of technology and one of the beauties of, of social media and, and just all the information out there that's put out there is, you know, the learning curve can be shortened a heck of a lot quicker now than what it was back then. Um, and that's a good thing. You know, I mean, that's, that, that's, that's helping guys, you know, get into it um, and, and gain confidence quicker and, and gain knowledge quicker. And, and, you know, I think that's, uh, I think that's a great thing. I think that's, you know, that's, that, that's a good thing overall for, for, you know, the hunting community and, and everybody involved in it. Yeah. Well, and also that, that confidence comes from putting in the work prior to season, like doing that e-scouting yep. and having multiple game plans and oh, knowing yeah. what you're going to go to next. The, the confidence comes from shooting your bow year round and thinking about your execution on animals and, and how you're going to do that right when you get the chance. You know, confidence comes from being in good shape and knowing that, that, that my legs can handle this day after day elevation and miles and I can give it my all and I can trust that my body's going to give me that. And, um, and, and my mental side, I've wrapped my mind around, you know, everything that we've talked about today, the challenges, the stocks, what I'm looking for. Yeah. Like I've got a good game plan. Like I've got 10 days or eight days to go cut my legs loose. Like I don't care who you are. If you go in and do it, put in the work, like you're giving yourself uh, self a good chance of success when you get there. So man, it's like, um, it's, it's like so fun comparing notes. And every time you talk about something, it reminds me of something else. Um, uh, you are a, a, a backcountry mule deer hunter through and through, and I know you love it with every fiber of your being. So I'll just be cheering you on this season, man. And, um, can't thank you enough for like coming on the podcast and sharing and, and, uh, deepest congratulations to the, uh, is it CNC files? Is that what it's called? The podcast? Yep. yep, CC Hunt Files. Yep, you got it. Yep, guess you're like a professional host on there. You had me on there the other day. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, uh, crazy proud of what you've accomplished, uh, uh, both in the woods and in the hunting world. So yeah, man, just keep at it and keep in touch. And god dang, let's go slay some muleys. Ah oh, man, hey, you, uh, you you killed it there, man. I can't can't thank you enough. Uh, sure do appreciate you for the kind words and and more so the friendship over the years. Like I said, I've I've got to. Uh, 
I've got to look, sit back and, and learn from some of the best. And uh, you're, you're right there at the top of the list. So I can't thank you enough for being a good, uh, good buddy and, and someone to run ideas by and, and, and just kind of, you know, like I said, I've been able to watch, watch kind of what you've done with your life and how you've molded it and what you've done with you and the business and the family and, and the hunting stuff. And, and uh, yeah, I can't, can't thank you enough for all that. And yeah, thanks for having me on. It's always a, always a blast to get on and, and get to, uh, like-minded bow hunting nuts to uh two mule deer junkies on and, and just go just go at it man i've got two muley tags and two elk tags and probably going to grab an over-the-counter antelope tag so i got a, a stocked up year uh man gosh I, I know you got good tags in your pocket so it's going to be fun to keep up with keep up with you and uh man i'll be looking forward to those photos coming through so hopefully uh hopefully we're both sending a couple of those back and forth to each other that's uh that's the goal anyway that is the goal, man. Yeah, we'll keep after it, man. Uh, yeah, can't wait to see what you turn up, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Absolutely. You too, Brian. Thanks again. All right, guys. That's a wrap. Uh, fun conversation with Clint. I know he's getting fired up for season, and I think he's right in the heart of his hunts right now that we were talking about. So, um, man, bow hunting success is so difficult. Uh, you know, finding animals or finding trophy critters is one thing, and then killing them is a whole different beast. And um, I just found that out. And my last hunt, uh, I did. Uh, it was like a quick trip, like four or five days hunting muleys, totally different place, and just got into them. Man, I was hunting some great bucks and uh, wanted to kill one so bad, but it was hundred degree temps and um, really low on deer movement. But man, made some great plays, had some super close calls, and and I'll be back there for sure. It was just great hunting. God, I just wish I could have squeezed a couple more days out of there. I think I would have arrowed a pretty good buck, but um, an absolute riot and learned some um, good lessons too. And uh, you know, just trying to be at my best bow hunting. But these critters, these elk, these deer, these antelope are so tough to harvest, and I'm fortunate, you know able to harvest a great buck on that early season hunt, great antelope. So I've already got this great start to the season and uh, just need to keep on keeping on. Uh, but really excited for elk and moose. That's going to be next for me. Maybe a little bit of mule deer mixed in and then um, get back to mule deer all mid-October through November through the rut and that. But um, super excited. Man, oh man, is it fun that hunting season's here. Fun to have these adventures and just push my limits and do a bunch of miles. The heat, the uh, just enduring and um, man, it's just been a blast. It's, uh, it's what us guys live for. Uh, so I know you guys feel it like I do. Uh, thanks again to our sponsors for supporting today's show. So thanks to Savage, best out-of-the-box accuracy rifles. Uh, just build great shooting rifles. And they have all different platforms from the 110 Ultralight to the 110 Hunter. Uh, just some great models. So make sure to check out those guys. Um also, uh, uh, make sure to check out uh, Stone Glacier. I really like all the guys at Stone Glacier. I love the gear they produce. I'm using their sleep systems this year. They've got a Sky Air. They've also got a two-person, four-season tent that I used with my daughter this summer that worked great. And then uh, their sleep bags. Uh, they've got that 15 degree that works for, a, for me for about anywhere. They also have a zero degree, and I also have their blanket I've been using on hot weather hunts, which is a game changer. It's so lightweight. Uh, but just great sleep systems, great gear. Make sure to check them out at Stone Glacier. Uh, make sure to check them out at Black Orvis. Again, that promo code is ELEVATED10. Save yourself 10%. Get some points. One point is $1. Uh, all the top name brands. Check them out. And also Camo Fire. 
the app that, um, man, you just get some smoking hunting deals. 80 new deals every 24 hours that you can watch come up on that app. So make sure to check that out. And uh, over at Eastman's, gosh, we've got some great Beyond the Grids hitting. Um, I saw uh, one of Dan's hunts came up. And I know I've got a couple more that are going to come up. In fact, I saw one's all edited. It was a backpack hunt last year uh, during, uh, it was like just pre-rut, um, awesome hunt. Gosh, it was um, uh, fun chasing those bucks around. So that was a fun one to capture. And that's kind of in that that broken country too, that breaks country that I was just telling you about that hunt I was on. So it's in that type of country, um, super fun to bow hunt. So check that out. And um Man, uh, check out our Mule Deer School. We've got that all launched and uh, uh, running now. Um, super proud of how it came out. Uh, so, yeah, it's me, Dan Picard, Guy Eastman. Um, you know, it's sure to cut your learning curve by years hunting mule deer. And, and getting into mule deer is so exciting, harvesting mule deer, chasing them around. You know, I think they're one of the greatest challenges out west, and they live in the most extreme country. And just super proud at how this mule deer course, uh, this advanced learning came out. Uh, we're going to continue to add to it. In fact, I've been filming a bunch of stuff this week, uh, or uh, this hunting season, to add to it. Well, this past week, too. I just got home here. Um, and yeah, super excited for that. Um, for you guys wondering, the house is coming great. Got that thing all framed up. It's tough with all the projects I've got going, but um, yeah, working on siding, subs in there. Um, yeah, getting the, the plumbing rolling today, uh, HVAC's in there, so it's coming, and yeah. Um, Man, I did sell my house, so I've also got to move this hunting season, so it's just a busy one for me, but really good to sell my house and um, have that a, a done deal. So I think we found a rental we're going to move out to, and I'm hoping I can get my garage done and move all my stuff in there, and then um, you know I only have to move my stuff once and not twice. So uh, a lot going on in the Barney household, but it's all good, man. I'm so fortunate to have the opportunities I do and to be able to build a new house right now. Gosh, dang it, houses are expensive. Oh my gosh, you're just killing me. Uh, inflation, and it seems like, you know, it's not just 10%. Everything's doubled or tripled, but uh, it's the best place for my money and a great investment. And I was lucky that I got the property a few years ago. So it's all going to come out in the wash and have a good new house and um, uh, indoor shooting range and uh, great uh, outdoor shooting range. Just couldn't be more excited. So uh, it's, you know, Super busy, but um, got good plans for the future here to um, slow down a bit, spend more time doing what I love to do. So it took a lot of work this year, but, um, you know, it's a, a means to the end. And, God, if I could just get a couple of these houses checked off my list, and I'm so close. So uh, keep working away here and um, keep hunting as much as I can and have some good adventures and, man, just having fun. So uh, we'll get that solo podcast recorded for you guys, and uh, it's been really fun sharing in your guys' success. I've seen a bunch of guys that have arrowed critters or been close to critters that have sent me messages. And, uh, man, I just appreciate, like, uh, our community and how strong it is and the support we show. And, um, man, I'm so happy and so proud of you guys for the work you put in and uh, watching you guys arrow some trophy critters has been amazing. So, um, man, I know you got some good ones coming up. Uh, keep working hard towards your goals and um, uh, give them heck this hunting season and uh, have some fun and some adventure. Reset that soul. And, uh, man, that's about it for this podcast. So with that, I'll check in with you guys next week.